2: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: The Carolina Panthers head to Miami as nearly two touchdown underdogs. Is it time to shock the world?
3: We'll preview Panthers-Dolphins right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: It is Thursday here on the Locked On Network, and you know what that means. Is It is time for Crossover Thursday, Week 6, 2023 NFL season. The Carolina Panthers visiting Hard Rock Stadium to play against the Miami Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, joined by Julian Council of Locked On Panthers for this Crossover Thursday. Today's episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for first deposit match of up to one hundred dollars. Julian, uh, it's good to see you. Good to talk a little ball with you. It's been a minute since we got a chance to catch up. Yeah, but uh, obviously an inauspicious start for you guys. How are you holding up? Uh, I'm fine uh, personally, uh, but the, the fan base at large
0: is not doing well. Uh, thankfully for me, like I'm a UNC Tar Heel fan, and they're currently five and zero, so I at least have Living that. Good. And it, it's actually the Panthers versus the Dolphins, and then the Tar Heels versus the Miami Hurricanes this week. Just thought about that, so I have Saturdays to keep my spirits up. But that's not the case for a lot of people who are living for this team. And right now, they are dying every single week, hoping that Frank Reich, Bryce Young, and his team figured it out. But so far, yeah, the vibes have
2: not been good through five weeks of the season. Would you say that's like, I don't know, when, you, when you think about 0-5 and, 5 and the, the start that that is with new coaching staff, rookie quarterback, yeah. obviously you had to start with Andy Dalton tucked in there. Is that kind of the main... Roots of what is going on with Carolina is just a matter of finding your rhythm within so many new components of the team. Yeah, it's a combination
0: of a lot of things. I think injuries, uh, first and foremost, point to that. JC Horn has played. 24 snaps this season, Mm -hmm. uh, pulling his hamstring in week one. He's currently on IR. He's going to be evaluated after the bye week, which which is next week. Austin Corbett, their starting right guard, who was their second highest rated offensive lineman last year, according to Pro Football Focus, has not played. He's been on the pup list. He's now transitioning, about to come back, but that won't be until after the bye as well. So the offensive line has certainly struggled, and losing Brady Christensen at left guard has not helped. You've had to throw out rookies like Chandler Zavala, who was carted off on Sunday in the loss against the Lions of a neck injury was scary, but he was able to travel back home with the team. So that's a positive, but does not look like he's going to play this week. So now you're down to your third string left guard. And Iki who was the first round pick last year at left tackle, he has not played well this year. So you've seen a regression from him in just the lack of help on the offensive line. The secondary, as I mentioned, Horn, Dante Jackson missed last Sunday against the Lions with a shoulder injury. That has been the norm with him and JC Horns and their inability to stay healthy. Xavier Woods, who's been an Iron Man, he's also out. So that's three of your top four uh, secondary starters that have been out there. So it's a combination of injuries, a rookie quarterback, an offense that has not been able to find a rhythm. I think because of the injuries on the offensive line and just the lack of overall talent, man. Like Adam Thielen has been a good player in the NFL. He's still been basically what I thought he would be at 33 years old, but it's not like he's explosive. He's not getting a ton of separation. DJ Chark had that one year where he's a Pro Bowler in Jacksonville, but throughout his career, that's been the anomaly, and he hasn't really been targeted that much. So this is just a team that has a ton of injuries. They have a new coaching staff, uh, both offensively and defensively, a rookie quarterback, and you put all that together. So far, they're 0-5, and, 5 and you know, turnovers, they've killed themselves. Eight turnovers this season have led to 45 opponent points. So if you don't turn the football over, yeah. you're healthier. Um, there's more continuity uh, on offense and on defense, and maybe you're not looking at 0-5. Like I personally think they're probably more of a 2-3 football team. But hey, your record is, which the record is, and right now they're 0-5.
2: Yeah, and, and for Miami coming into this game, uh, I think the primary story – you kind of have the wind taken out of your sails a little bit with Devon Achan. Yeah. That uh, with the performance that that he's had the last three weeks. And he's second in the league in rushing and kind of has like this unassuming tackle where he's kind of rolled up on from behind and he goes out, but then he comes back in and he's on the field for the last third down conversion of the game and he runs a route on the play. And the Twitter doctors kind of picked up on it. And they're like, Oh, he's an ankle injury, ankle injury. And they asked Mike McDaniel on Monday. And he's like, well, he has a knee injury and we're evaluating it. <laughs> and then there was this domino effect where Schefter reported he was going to go on IR. And then NFL network said, well, it's week to week and he's going to get a second opinion. And then it was, it's going to go week to week. And then Thursday rolls around. And sure enough, it is announced that he is going to go on injured reserve. So, so H and his, transition with all of the speed that the Miami Dolphins have, he's right up there with Tyree kill as like the most explosive weapons and the youth and and explosiveness he has brought to this running game has definitely taken it to a new level in year two. So for the Dolphins, uh, I would say there is a big injury storyline as well. Certainly not to the degree of what Carolina has had to endure in waves uh, early on this season. And, and Miami's kind of sitting here playing their own waiting game. That kind of happened with them in the preseason when Jalen Ramsey went down and you had your first of the two Toronto Armstead injuries that seem to happen on an annual basis where he's just unfortunately going to miss time and and he's on IR now as well. So uh, Miami has done well to uh, kind of work around it. Uh, I, I think the the objective, and I think this is probably one of the tales of the differences between these two teams and where they're at, right, is yeah. uh, Carolina, square one, draft a quarterback, And I think when we get into the conversation around Bryce Young and and what he has to work with and how he's performed, a lot of Dolphins fans are going to sympathize with that because it's going to sound pretty familiar versus what Tua Valoa had when he first got to Miami and the kinds of players that he had to throw to. So uh, I know there's definitely – I'm looking at Carolina from my seat and I'm seeing – I remember when Devontae Parker and Preston Williams were like, NFL next gen like the two least separating wide receivers and Mike Gusecki gets an average of 1.1 yard of separation per target like yeah. and that's the world that he had to live in and the, the Alabama system even though Bryce I think didn't have the same kind of skill players that Tua did when he was there definitely they didn't not. have good skill players for their standards but there was still I, I think a different stylistic way to play that Bryce was able to play that he's not going to have with these kinds of skilled players around him until there is more of a buildup. So Miami fans, I, I think you recognize what it looked like in 2019 and how bad that was. And then when they tried to infuse some talent in and recognizing that's where Carolina's is at, just kind of like getting off of the first square and moving towards building is kind of the difference between these two teams. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, a- Great
0: on example of what the Panthers are right now compared to what the Dolphins were with first of two. And yeah, you bring it up with Alabama. He had Henry Ruggs. He had Jalen Waddle. Of course he's with him now. Um, He had Devontae Smith, just mm-hmm. an embarrassment of riches down there in Tuscaloosa when Bryce was there and the best receivers he had was 21 when they won the sec, the loss to Georgia in the national championship, when he had, um, Jamison Williams, who so far has had an interesting career to start off the NFL. So we haven't really seen what he can do at this level. Then there was also John Mechie, who unfortunately he had his diagnosis with uh, leukemia last year. Now he's come back. I don't know what he's done so far, if he's even played yet for the Texans. And then last year. It was really Jameer Gibbs, who is in his rookie year in Detroit, didn't play last Mm -hmm. Sunday when the Panthers played against him, and then like Cameron Latu. So it's not like he had a ton of talent last season when he was pretty much the reason why Bama even was able to go out there and win the Sugar Bowl. But now in the NFL, when there's a level playing field, because as As poor by Alabama standards as the skill positions were last season, even probably the year before, when you get – they still had more talent across the board than their opponents on a week-in, week-out basis. Now in the NFL here at Carolina, for the first time in his life, and you can see the frustration is that modern day in California, he's playing for the best high school with the best players. He's never played on a bad team. Now he's playing on a bad team with – Aging veterans and players that just aren't up to the tout level that he's used to playing around, especially when you look at the rest of the league where it's supposed to be a level playing field. Yeah, so it's unfortunate for Carolina where they have not put things around Bryce Young that really elevate him this year. But it's more of a three-year process to try and get to that point where in year three Bryce can really be that difference maker. So they have time. The Carolina Panther fans, after watching three years be wasted by Matt Rule, don't really want to hear that right now. They want to win now. They heard all about Frank Reich and the experience of this coaching staff. And so far, that is just not borne out to any sort of wins through the first five weeks of the season. And, well, looking at Miami, probably not going to be a win on Sunday either. So 0-6 heading to the bye is the uh, reality we're probably going to face here in Charlotte pretty soon.
2: Well, and we'll talk about some of those matchups for how this game will or will not break. And and that's coming up next. So stick with us here on this crossover Thursday episode here on the Lockdown Network. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it is you against the numbers, not you against battling thousands of other players including sharps and pros you pick more or less on two to six player projections for stats and watch the winnings roll in you can win up to 25 times your money this football season select up to six player stat projections a couple clicks on your phone it's super easy to do you can make submissions in less than 60 seconds or less and you can get that 25 times return on investment so if you like good return on investment, nailing down some prize picks is probably a good way to go about doing that. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL, use code locked on NFL for first deposit match of up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for first deposit match of up to $100. All right, Julian. So I'm gonna be a good host here. I'm gonna let you go first. Matchup oh, you. that you're excited for uh, seeing how it plays out when when these two teams play on Sunday. Oh boy, I don't even know if there's one I'm excited about seeing. There's
0: one I'm I'm curious about and seeing how the Panthers can uh, match up against the Dolphins' wide receivers because right now the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers, as I mentioned, they're banged up in the secondary, but surprisingly. They're not bad when it comes against the pass. They're fifth in the NFL. And I know the Dolphins have the number one passing offense. Tua Tungvalu leads the NFL in passing yards. Tyreek Hill leads him in reception yards so far. Like They're doing what they do. And on Sunday, against the Lions, it's not like they got killed through the air. The turnovers are what really killed them in that game, having three turnovers in the first half leading 21 points. The Panthers had to try out C.J. Henderson. Troy Hill, Deshaun Jameson, Sam Webb, who's not even on the team anymore, and DiCaprio Boodle as their five active cornerbacks. And I thought overall they were okay. Now, Dante Jackson, he missed last week. He was a full participant of practice on Wednesday, so the expectation is that he should be back on Sunday. He's always had a ton of speed. I don't know if he has Tyreek Hill speed or Jalen Waddle speed, but it's going to be important to get him back. And as I mentioned, they've been a pretty solid passing defense considering the fact that Woods is now – Probably going to miss his fourth straight game. Uh, Of course, Horn hasn't played since week one, and who knows when he's going to come back. So that's a matchup I'm looking at. If they are able to hold up and allow Brian Burns, Derek Brown, and this pass rush to get after Tua and really get some pressure, that can give them an opportunity. I looked at turnover differential so far. The Dolphins are minus three this year. The Panthers are minus four. Now, the, the Panthers' turnovers have been catastrophic, but if they can force some, that can give them an opportunity. It's not like their offense is really capitalized when being put in plus territory by the defense with those turnovers. But if there's ever going to be a time to do it, it would be against the number one offense in the NFL. So that is the matchup I'm looking at. If these corners can hold up, allow the pass rush to get home, then maybe Carolina can have a chance because they have not stopped the run at all this year. And I think that's really where Miami should be uh, trying to focus on uh, going into Sunday. But they probably can do whatever the hell they want offensively
2: anyways. Uh, and, and I think for for your point, uh, when teams have been able to kind of bottle up Miami a little bit, they it feels like the Dolphins have had a disproportionate amount of their first primary progressions running through Tyree Kill. So this conversation with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, Jalen's kind of been quiet. And like, yeah, he missed a game with a concussion, and that was the game that they happened to blow up and score all those points that everybody lost their minds over. But oh, of course, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, Jalen. Is somebody who I think probably everybody who follows the Dolphins has had higher expectations for for his production, and Tyreek's the guy who's gone out and put up one fifty plus in, in a couple of games already this year. So, if that is the formula for Carolina, then then I would want to see uh, Dante Jackson matching up against Tyreek, and then can you be selective can you send whether it's von bell or who's the other safety who's going to step in if if xavier woods still is out with the, the hamstring it'll be sam franklin who has okay. been a special teams guy uh back
0: the past couple seasons but actually he's um pretty improved he had the pick six to start off the game against minnesota a couple weeks ago so he's okay. been solid for them
2: so if, if franklin if they want to send bell or franklin and just give a little attention at extra attention to tyree kill uh, i think that's that's where for miami could this be like the big bounce back game for Jalen Waddle to meet expectations? And that, that just hasn't happened yet. And teams have had some success in slowing down Tyreek and really congesting uh, his ability to get targets in the passing game. And it's been guys like Braxton Berrios who intermittently steps up and creates a few big plays or Cedric Wilson and these ancillary components where uh, Miami's passing game last year was so 10 and 17 dominated that if they couldn't get anything going, Nobody else could have won any one on ones. Yeah. So I think that that's kind of the the really interesting part. And I'll piggyback off of that as far as when Miami has the ball. Really interested to see how the middle of the field is defended. And I know Shaq Thompson's down, and that's a huge loss for Carolina. Yeah. But you know, Frankie Luvu's going back to even last year was like a really fun, like multi player, and it it feels like he's become like this fan favorite for all of the ways in which he can make impact on the field.
0: Yeah, he's been like, awesome. I know Jeremy. he had a, he had a hit pointer a couple of weeks ago and I'd have it. He has so the last two games. He hasn't looked like the same guy. Okay. So I'm, I'm, he, I'm wondering about how he's feeling right now.
2: Okay. And, and then even Jeremy chin, like those guys being able to defend the middle of the field yeah, is really, I think one of the defining components for Carolina, because if you choose to zone Miami, they run so many of these wrap ins and glance routes and, and glance posts that, It's gonna hit between the hat or between the numbers, and your ability to get depth, and then simultaneously have some ability to be stout against the run if you go light personnel is really the bind that they try to put you in. So I think that's where where when Miami has the ball, I want to know who's who's lining up where and how much attention they're giving to Tyree Kill. But then the complementary component of that is what does your structure look like defensively in the middle of the field, and how are you trying to Take away that heat map where Miami just loves to hit those routes. Yeah, that's a good point you bring up
0: because I know um, on Sunday against Detroit, against Ben Johnson, who is a creative a play caller out there in the NFL. And I know Mike McDaniels has cooked up some sick stuff this year too and dating back to last year. They played a lot of zone. And that was a situation where you don't have Dante Jackson, you don't have J.C. Horn, you don't have Xavier Woods. So you got a bunch of backups, replacement level players, if they're even that. So they're trying to prevent the big plays. They played a lot of zone last week. I wonder... With Dante back, if they're going to try to play a little more man, trying to mix their coverages, uh, post what they did last week. And Jeremy Chin played 18 snaps. It's been interesting looking at his snap count this year. Uh, Once Shaq went out, he hasn't really been out there as much as it was week two. It it seemed like him and Shaq Thompson, the like they they like to run. He was tied to Shaq as far as when he would be on the field. And it's been Kind of hit or miss whether he's out there on the field. So I would hope that would be the case on Sunday because they need him be out be, be out there and have some sort of impact. So it'll be interesting to see how the mixer coverages and what kind of impact uh Chin can have and what it looks like with Dante Jackson back there at corner this week.
2: And and then when Caroline has the ball, I'm really interested in the um the performance of Carolina's offensive line, particularly the interior. When you look yeah. at Miami and they they went against this giant skeleton crew last week and got all these sacks and 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 whatnot, but Generally speaking, there has been kind of this question beyond Andrew Van Ginkle, who was primarily a special teams guy and has been elevated into a bigger role because Jalen Phillips has has missed a a little bit of time with an oblique injury. Uh, Still sounds like they're trying to be conservative with that to make sure it doesn't end up lingering all season long. I don't know whether you'll see him on Sunday or not. I, I would imagine they'd probably want to make sure he's as good as possible for when you get the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line next week. So unless he's 100%, like... I would not be surprised if he doesn't go because you do have Andrew Van Ginkle, who's been very, very good. Uh, but you got Christian Wilkins, who's looking for a big money contract. Yeah. And up until playing Ben Bredesen at, at center, which was it threw him a life preserver for, for the stat aspirations that he had because Christian Wilkins really dogged him on Sunday. But uh, that, for me, is what I'm most interested in when, when Carolina has the ball because you have a quarterback who can get off the spot, he can get outside the pocket, What does Miami's interior rush do to disrupt and make sure that Bryce and his vision up the middle of the field is interrupted because he sees color flashing in front of his face? I think that's the number one thing that I'm interested in.
0: Yeah, and that has been a massive issue for the Carolina Panthers uh, since week two. Uh, Since Brady Christensen went out, they had to go to Chandler Zavala, who was starting out at right guard. He was supposed to be the fill-in until Austin Corbett comes back, which should be after the bye when Houston comes to town. So they had Zavala there, the fourth-round pick at NC State, playing – at right guard, then once Christensen went out for the rest of the season, they shipped him over to left guard because he played at NC State alongside Ikiyakuanu for a grand total of five games. But we're supposed to believe that there's some great connection there. And that first game at left guard against Seattle, according to Pro Football Focus, he recorded a 0.0 pass blocking grade. Mm -hmm. Now, he's not going to play on Sunday with the neck injury. Glad it's not as serious as it looked like when he was carted off on Sunday. So he'll be out, and over there will be Cade Mays. Going back to training camp, Cade Mays, who was drafted in the sixth round last year out of Tennessee, he was supposed to be the starting right guard, but then he lost that job, had a little injury, came back, started at right guard once they moved the ball over at left guard, but then got replaced by Calvin Throckmorton, who the Panthers picked up off of waivers after roster cutdown day. Now he's going to be there at left guard. So, you're he was supposed to be the right guard, didn't win a job, then played the right guard, lost a job, now starting at left guard. That's kind of the situation that they have right now in Carolina with the interior. So, Throckmorton, he's a veteran, he's played, but he's not a great player. Mays. Looked fine, honestly, in the limited reps. By the time he was in there, it was already garbage time. Like garbage time started in the second quarter on Sunday against Detroit. And Bradley Bozeman, he's had his moments. But overall, he's a solid player for the Panthers. So, yeah, it's going to be concerning because they have given up a lot of pressure in Bryce Young's face so far. And it's the problem, too, is he gets to the, the top of his drop. He's ready to throw the football. He's got pressure in his face. And nobody's open. So if Miami can cover and get the pressure up the middle like every team has done so far, then, yeah, it's going to be a difficult day for this Panthers offense once again on Sunday afternoon.
2: Uh, We'll talk keys to victory. I I know Julian, you already alluded to to turnovers being a big one. I think we'll we'll have a follow-up there and and talk about what else these winning scripts could look like for both of these teams. That's next here on these crossover Thursday. So stick with us. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication, in an emergency, Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using the code LOCKED ON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com.
3: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
2: Okay, Julian. We looted to turnovers. And Miami shot themselves in the foot. And they They left every opportunity on Sunday against the Giants to to let the Giants back into that football game. That very easily could have been 14-10 going into halftime. I think it, it's a great point that you make. And Miami, I, I think they probably felt like they got a little too comfortable as far as, oh, we're moving the ball. Let's be aggressive. We want to score points. You have a ill-advised turnover in the red zone from Tua Tagovailoa that's returned 102 yards for a touchdown. You have another interception where we're kind kind of in a muddy pocket, and I'm going to throw one up over top of a guy in my, my face, and it sails over top of Jalen Waddle. And it, it you, you could have looked up in that fourth quarter or third quarter, and that could have been a one-score game. Now, it wasn't yeah. because the Giants couldn't capitalize on the points. So wh- who's the catalyst for turnovers for Carolina, and why is it Brian Burns? <laughs> because he's their best player,
0: and and he's the guy that the fans want to trade right now to recoup a first round pick with some sort of belief that they're going to be able to get a player that's better than Burns. Like so far, they have not been able to replace DJ Moore, who was a first round pick. They have not replaced Christian McCaffrey, who was a first round. Well, they did last year when Steve Books is the coach. But then David seppers is like, "No, nah, I'm good. I don't. I don't need this. Let's go get somebody else." Um, but anywho, so it would be uh, Brian Burns for sure because he has been quiet the last couple of weeks and. That's drawn some ire from a couple of people. And I mentioned just being like, Oh, Hey Burns wants to get paid $28 million, but he didn't do anything on Sunday. It's like, well, he's not going to go out every week and be a complete game wrecker, but this is the game that he's got to do it. And he's, Frustrated, he threw his helmet off onto the sideline last week after some replacement level player who I don't even know why is even on the roster. Nick Thurman, he jumped off sides on a fourth and one. Burns is frustrated, went out for a couple plays. He's someone that just wants to win, and he's been here since 2019. He's seen nothing but losing, poor quarterback play, and I feel for the guy. And it's time for him to get paid too. So you do wonder what his future could be, but he would have to be the guy who gets after Tua can get a strip sack it was funny because week one with all the talk of pay burns will he play him having a hold in his first play on that first drive was a strip sack of Desmond Ritter didn't turn into a turnover but he's the one that would be the the guy you could think could get the turnovers Dante Jackson has had a history of getting some interception luck so that's the possibility with him back here in this game if there is some sort of pressure that maybe Dante uh, can run into one on Sunday afternoon
2: Yeah. And I I think for Miami, a little bit more ball control is, is, you know, the the 70 yard touchdowns are awesome. But at the end of the day, if you're playing at home, you're playing in the heat in South Florida, and you're capable of running the ball, which the dolphins have illustrated an ability to be take a little bit of the air out of the ball. uh, Especially if you do find yourself in a situation where you have put some points on the board early and try to play a suffocating game and don't don't leave the door open for Carolina to make those kinds of plays. I, th- I think that would be the key that I would point to for Miami. Yeah, uh, they should be able to run the football. I mean, the Panthers are six worth in the
0: league right now. They've allowed 130 plus to every single opponent that they played this season. And they played the Vikings, who are not a good running football team. So that tells you everything. And, and you talk about light boxes. Now, it's a similar defensive scheme. Here in Carolina, because the Jero Vero, of the D.C., he comes from that big Fangio tree. And it was interesting to listen to uh, Frank Reich on Wednesday just talk about, you know, the Dolphins with big Fangio. They really want to make you kind of you know, move it methodically down the field. And the Panthers have shown an ability to do that because last week, all three of their drives were seven plus plays from 75 yards out. So they had and there, it was a 7 play, 13 play and a 14 play drive. So they've shown the ability to where they can drive the ball down the field, they can convert on some third downs and I really think about they need to force that with the, with the Dolphins on Sunday if they're going to win this game. Honestly, you probably want it to be as low scoring as possible, as possible, as limited possessions as possible and try to bleed out the clock. Now the Panthers haven't been a great running team, but defensively, if they can get the third down I think they can have some some success. Now, Frank Reich, I don't know if these numbers are true or not, but he did come out and say that the Dolphins are averaging nine first downs per game or nine third downs uh, per game. The Panthers are second in the NFL in third down defense, uh, only allowing 29.8% conversion rate. So they can get the Dolphins a third down and really force them to have to be out there longer and not have to be able to go out and have the 70-yard plays. Then this could be a game. And I think about the last week we talked about turnovers – the Panthers were able to force a turnover on downs on Detroit. They were down 14-7, and the next play, they fumble the ball. But if they don't do that, they got on the field and score. It's a 14-14 ball game, and things are different. 21 of the points that Detroit scored, they scored 42. 20 of them, 21 of them were off turnovers. So you take care of the football. You force the t- your opponents actually have to drive the football down your th- – drive it down the field and not hit some big plays. Then the Panthers might have a chance. So – I don't give them a great chance. But that would be their their path to victory on Sunday if they have to make the Dolphins be a more methodical offense than what we've seen so far this season. And man, how in the world they average five hundred plus yards of offense? It's it's it's
2: it, I can't pinch me. <laughs> I I lived through fifteen years of just the most horrid offenses you could possibly cook up. How I just I don't even know on
0: on Saturdays I'm I'm used to it, but on. Right. S- on Sunday, for that to even be a possibility, it, it's My like God. the percentages
2: of the, the the separation from the pack on like 10 plus yard explosive plays, 20 plus yard explosive plays, 40 plus yard explosive plays, a 50 plus yard explosive play. It, and it's like every other possession there, they, they literally flip the field with an explosive play. It, it is unlike anything that I have ever experienced. It's nice. and it's I'm just enjoying the ride. Now, is, last thing. Is it sustainable? Is it sustainable? <laughs> I think it, it, as long as they do not get overwhelmed with injuries, that t- because it, it's the blend of scheme with the complementary and compounding elements of, of Tua's strengths and Tyreek's speed and Jalen's speed and the offensive line's ability to create displacement off line scrimmage. So um, I, I, you saw against the Buffalo Bills, Connor Williams went out, yeah. and at, at the center position. And it really messed up some of the timing and they p- had to play on the road. And as a result, what you ended up getting was kind of these clunky drives. Now they still finished the game with 394 yards of offense when it was all said and done. So like, it was still a, a I think there's a lot of teams that were probably signed up for 394 yards of offense. Now
0: this this one.
2: They, they also gave up 48 points. So like they had bigger problems in that one too. But yeah. uh, I, I think largely, unless you are, are, overwhelmed with injuries to impact players. This is going to be up there as far as like total offense uh, in the lexicon of like what has historically been the top of the charts. Our last thing before we're out of here, final score prediction for Sunday. I don't have a final score, but I saw a fan door
0: friends over there. I had the line at 13 and a half. The Panthers are not just Oh, and five this season. Oh, and five against the spread. So I heard that good teams win, great teams cover. So bad teams lose. I don't know what you say, call a team that loses and never cover. (laughs) That's what the Carolina Panthers are right now. And I have no reason to believe that they're going to be able to be within that spread. So I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover it. If they score 40, 50 points on Sunday, It wouldn't shock me like the dam would probably break pretty early in this game if that's going to happen. So yeah, I think Miami wins big and they have no problem covering that line of 13 and a half.
2: Well, you, we, you know, we will have you covered here on the locked on network after the game, make sure you subscribe to locked on Panthers and locked on dolphins. If you are a Panthers or dolphins fan respectively, and check out all of the shows that we have on the network, we have an outstanding collection of talent, outstanding collection of shows because it is your team every day. Appreciate you guys checking out this crossover Thursday. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and we will talk to you afterwards.
3: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.